This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blah! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by my good friends, Joe Chung and Mark Osterman, and we have a great show for you. We're going to talk about credit piggybacking today, what that means, adding authorized users to your credit cards. We'll also talk about amusement parks. Are they safe to visit with your family? And then we'll discuss a bankruptcy that's been really big in the Miles and Points world, one of the buyer's clubs. We've covered this quite a bit on the website, a TPM, now bankruptcy is fully discharged. People lost a lot of money. We'll talk about how to safeguard yourself against this stuff in the uh, future. But first, if you like the show, please consider subscribing, mtmpodcast.com or milestomemories.com forward slash podcast is where you can go to get all the links to subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. Let them know that we're here. Let's get into the show. How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm a little jealous of your guys' setup. You guys have the big uh, the boom thing on your mic all fancy. I just got the regular old thing. Don't Cheap do that, up. man. Cheapo. Don't. Don't. You're oh, the audio. Harder. Don't move that thing, man. <laughs> the audio engineer, Joe, is freaking out. Yeah. I told you to get a boom stand. I told you to make Sean buy you one. <laughs> I'll buy him really, one. I don't it. really have room. Yeah, I don't have room for it. I, I'm fine. I was just shooting the breeze, as they say, trying to keep it PG up in here. So, Joe, you uh, getting ready to go back to school? Is everything finalized there, or are they still people, in the air? People keep asking me that, and they don't realize that we've only been out of school for three weeks. Uh, so, you know, we have like <laughs> schools here don't start my daughter's school. If it, I mean, will start the last week of August and my school would not start until after Labor Day. So we have no idea what's going on. We are starting to hear, I guess, what the negotiations are looking like, but um, really have no idea, no clarity. I'm pretty sure, though, that uh, there will be an insurrection if it's not full time virtual starting in September, but we'll see. Yeah, here they've there's been a lot uh, kind of up in the air, and they've had to put forward three different plans. But I guess they have to move forward in order to be able to start to open the schools. So it's all really up in the air between a completely online or two days a week cohorts, what they call them, like where they break the kids into different groups that they only go two days a week. Or I guess the third plan is a full time going back to school, which I see as pretty unlikely at this point. Interestingly enough, I heard from someone we know in Houston and they were supposed to choose between two days in person and full-time virtual, but the district pulled the two days in person off the table. So that's in Texas. So, you know, we'll see how the rest of the country goes. But if I were a betting man, I would bet on 90% of schools being virtual. What about you, Mark? How, how are things up in Michigan? Have they come forward with a plan at all? Not really. I think they've they've said like sixth grade and above might have to wear masks in the class. Below, they might do like a where half the class goes Monday, Wednesday, half the class goes Tuesday, Thursday, something like that. So there hasn't been anything set in, in stone. And then my kids go to a smaller school. So I think they might be able to do the social distancing thing only because they only have like 10 or 15 kids in a class. So they might be able to just pull it off. So I don't know that whatever the public schools do, I don't know that our school is going to do the same thing. So 
I haven't heard anything really. I'm stressing though. I don't, I don't want to do homeschooling anymore. <laughs> the real question is, have you watched Hamilton? No. Oh my God. Shameful. That's <laughs> I just... watched uh, outcry on Showtime. Very good show. If you like uh, making a murderer, similar type of thing where a guy gets uh, wrongly convicted and, and like the police work was shoddy. The district attorneys were kind of shady and then like the whole story of how long it took him to, you know, get through it all and, and how crazy it was and how many things went wrong at the same time. So highly recommended if you do have Showtime, um, which I signed up for that free 30 day trial. And then I just let it go for 10 bucks on Amazon because I knew where that was going. Yeah. Well, there's like <laughs> billions. I still have to wrap up billions. So I was like, I'll let it go for a couple months. But if they keep putting out good stuff like this, I'll just keep paying. But billions is okay this season. I, I feel like it's sort of like the same game over and over again every season with them kind of going after each other and just kind of ends. Right. Cause they, they were recording during like right up until the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know that. I just watched, uh, cause I fell behind a few weeks. I think I just, I'm through episode eight of the current season. So I don't know where it stops, but I think it's somewhere. I don't there. know. That's probably right where it stops. I haven't honestly. Yeah. I think uh, Bethany said, cause I'm like halfway through it. I, I go back when I have nothing else to watch. I go back to billions cause I was waiting for it to catch up. But she said in our, uh, our video that we did last week that it was like a half season. Cause I think they were recording the end second half, like in February, March or whatever. And they just shut it down. And the next season I think is going to be the last season. All right. I want to move on because I got to take my kids to the dentist, but the best <laughs> is the blacklist that show on NBC, which I do not watch, but I guess they were halfway through filming their season finale when this all happened. And so they took half the season finale and did it, via like cgi so it's like half cartoon <laughs> it was half cartoon half real people it's like the oh, worst thing you've ever seen i watched that show when it first came i mean it's been out for like eight years or something i like didn't that. even know it was still on i thought it had gone yeah. off the air no it was I, and I, I, the first the first few seasons it was good and then it just kind of like got more and more out there and i was like okay whatever after like season three or four i stopped watching but yeah i agree i i watched the early seasons didn't do that but Joe wants us to move on, so we're going to move into the show here and talk about amusement parks because, you know, we can't, Joe and I could talk about amusement parks all day, especially Disney, but I thought it would be a good topic because a lot of families, a lot of people are wanting to hit the road and amusement parks like across the country are, are really opening. Joe, you have a couple of local amusement parks. They're not open yet, right? Everything's still closed there. Is that right? Yeah, so Massachusetts has been opening up pretty slowly, and our main amusement park here is the Six Flags, which is in Springfield, which is a couple hours away. I am not, I don't think that's open yet. The big news here was that Encore, the casino opened, but also big news, nobody is there. No one was there before the pandemic, and there's <laughs> yeah, even less people Are the there tables now. still like 30 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, or did they drop? I those? saw, so there was a $15 blackjack, but it's six to five, so. Oh, Ouch. Miss me with that. But yeah, you know, obviously this weekend was a lot of uh, hubbub on social media about Disney World reopening in Florida. At the same time, Florida was hitting a record number of cases. It's sort of insane when you look at it, considering Hong Kong Disneyland closed or announced that they're closing with what, 50 plus new cases in Hong Kong, something around 50 cases. So yeah, 52. I think the yeah. I, I don't think 52 was the trigger. I think the trigger was 103 days, which, yeah. Just different, different world that we live in here, apparently. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 100, 103 days is a pretty great day for any of the 50 states, I'm pretty sure. Except yeah. for maybe Hawaii. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Disney has been sort of crazy. I know a lot of people have been criticizing them, which I don't know how fair that is, considering Universal Studios opened about a month ago. 
SeaWorld opened about a month ago, as did uh, the other parks. So, you know, they're just sort of doing what everybody else was doing. It seems like they have done a lot to make it safe, plexiglass around. Uh, they really are being strict with the social distancing. Um, I even heard that like cast members who got caught in pictures, not social distancing during the cast member previews got in serious trouble. Did you read about that? I did. Disney came up with a official statement saying that there was no truth to that rumor. So um, oh, okay. who knows? But yeah, I, you know, I did Twitter I mean, made it up. It would have been, it, it would have been super. I think it would have been super unf- like there was a picture taken outside of a ride right after it stopped raining and people were going to line up to get in. Obviously it's not great, but it's just like one moment in time, which is not really representative of uh, what's been going on. I mean, Disney has been doing a great job. So is universal by the way, but you know, on Disney hacks, Sean's other podcast, he's been talking about how other places like Dollywood, Hershey park, the news out of those theme parks is not as great, but you don't really hear calls for them to shut down. Even with the, you know, I think, criticism of Disney World opening right now is fair given the cases but you know if you're going to say Disney World should be should not be opening you should also be saying Universal should be closing within the same breath which uh, people aren't doing but as far as things go uh, relatively you know Disney does look very safe I think if I was a floor Sean and I were talking about this offline if I was a Florida resident I would probably go like I you know, most people in Florida are saying, and I believe this from what I'm seeing out of Disney, that Disney World is probably safer than anywhere else in Florida right now, and maybe in anywhere else in a lot of other states. However, the problem is, of course, if Disney World is open, are people coming from other states? You know, that is what might be causing the issues. And yeah, I'm not sure how I would feel about traveling there from Massachusetts right now. You know, because there's going to be a lot of cross-contamination between states and stuff like that. But like you said, Sean, there's just a lot of safety measures in line. You have to stand 10 feet apart. There's plexiglass in the lines, which none of the other theme parks did. So like, you know, if you're on a switchback, you know, there's a piece of plexiglass that's blocking you from standing next to someone uh, on the other side of the line. You know, they're wiping down the vehicles. You have to wear masks all the time and the cast members are enforcing uh, the mask wearing. So as far as things go, it's safe. I don't love that it's open, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's America. I'm surprised more people aren't doing the plexiglass thing. Cause when you're in line and you could be six feet apart, but you're still like standing on top of the person in the next line in front of yeah, you. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think that's why like Disney is taking the most heat, which I get it. They're the biggest, they're going to take the heat, but they are also the ones who have put the most money into Uh, relative money, you know, obviously they're a bigger park, so it's always going to be more money, but they put the most money into trying to keep things safe. So, you know, it's a, it's a little unfair uh, to Disney at the same time, it's more fair to criticize them than it is unfair. So, you know, I'm totally fine with people criticizing them opening. And like I said, I think it's the people who are traveling from other States that is going to be the problem. But in Florida, like, you know, Len Testa from touring plants keeps saying whenever he goes to Publix, you know, half the people aren't wearing masks. That's not what you're going to see in Disney. And Disney is mostly outdoors. And as long as, you know, again, Sean and I, you and I were talking about this, but if you keep moving, like if you're moving and you're not in the same space and air with the same people for long periods of time, like schools, uh, it's not as much of an issue to me, at least. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I agree. I was at Disneyland March 8th. So I was already well aware of uh, coronavirus and I felt okay at that point being very diligent about my kind of what I was doing. And I think since then, we've obviously learned a lot. I'm in casinos a lot, walking around, keeping myself moving, not putting myself in a space with people. 
for long periods of time. And I think, I mean, that's worked obviously for me so far, but based on what we've heard from experts, which I am not, that seems to be good. So yeah, I feel like I would be comfortable going to a park as long as it wasn't too crowded and I could maintain my distance. Uh, but a lot of local amusement parks, like you say, are open and they don't have quite the the level of plexiglass and stuff that uh, they have in Disney. But a lot of people are going there. I've seen you know pictures at a Hershey park and Kings Island, Mark. You know, I know your sister lives near Kings Island. You really like it. People just enjoying their time there. Not much different than it was. I mean, obviously they have social distancing and they have done their best. But for a lot of people, they're just going out and enjoying amusement parks. Do you guys feel like that's something you would do like with your family? Like, would you do a family outing right now to an amusement park? No. <laughs> Although like in the summer, I'm not a huge fan of going to amusement parks, especially like Florida because it's so swampy. But like Michigan Adventure isn't even open right now. I don't even know. The water, the water park's open. Just The, the water park's open? Okay. Yeah, just not the amusement zone. Which that doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> if you're going to open one, why not? Whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't go to Cedar Point right now. Like it just doesn't seem like it'd be enjoyable, like with a mask and the heat and the sun and, and everything. And then, you know, all the worries about it. I feel like it'd just be too stressful to even be worth the money. One, the time to the money. Um, it's not like they're giving reduced rates right now for for a reduced experience. So, uh, yeah, no. If you like rides, it could be a good time. I mean, we know Disney World, the yeah. lines aren't very long. And if you want to watch um, a horse freak out about a balloon wrapped around its hoof, that well, thank God, thank God that didn't end badly. If anybody, yeah, he's referring to a video, yeah, where a balloon got wrapped around uh, one of the horses at Magic Kingdom's leg, and the horse freaked out pretty badly, but. Uh, Merida was the character riding the horse. She handled it very well, as did the handlers. So they're all uh, like Main Street experienced riders, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. So uh, I mean, I thought I thought they just put like some random, you know. I mean, I put my kid. I put (laughs) my kid on a horse. Get up there! I'm never putting my kid on a horse on a pony at a birthday party ever again. I was watching that video. Clydesdale versus a pony. (laughs) The thing was a truck. But I mean, I, I was worried at one point there was one cast member who looks like she's going to come up and grab the balloon like from behind the horse. I'm like, oh, don't come up behind the horse. Yeah, but of course, no, as you say, they know what they're the doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing. And so, yeah, people are going out there. The amusement industry, I mean, hopefully it survives. I cover Las Vegas a lot. I feel like they have a lot of similar parallels with challenges they're facing. And to close again would be devastating, I think, for cast members, for employees of all these parks. Basically, going backwards really hurts a lot. So Hopefully they can figure out a way to keep people from getting infected, I guess, at these parks, especially in a place like Florida where they have so many active cases right now. Yeah. And I mean, we should say that like in Florida, the state unemployment system has been like a complete mess. So a lot of the cast members who have not been working, you know, have been lining up at food banks. The eviction moratorium is up on August 1st. So there, you know, there are serious concerns about putting food on the table, which I would contrast that with Disneyland, where you know, unemployment has not been uh, a hot mess and the federal unemployment is running out at the end of July or that $600 bonus. So that's why I'm like with Disney world reopening, at least these cast members have jobs again. I know some people are saying like Disney should have paid them all the time, which yes, in an ideal world, I would love to see that, but this is not the system that we live in right now. So, you know, I think Disney is getting a lot of criticism. I think the system needs to get as much or maybe even more criticism you know, the system that's put us here. Wasn't there an article uh, recently that was like 25% of New York City apartment renters are not paying rent right now? Yeah, yeah. Like when that all ends, it's going to be bad. Like 
if it's not bad already, like it's getting to that level that I can't see, you know, all these uh, building owners, if you're not getting 25% of your rent, like that's, that's a huge hit that a lot of them probably can't cover. You know, a lot of it's, that's probably not built into their uh, infrastructure to, to absorb that kind of loss. So it'll be interesting. Dow 26 K though. So, you know, Yeah, and rising, Joe, advantage. and rising. Up yeah, right. yeah, there we go. yeah, yeah. So, all right. Okay. So, so let's move on to something that's credit related because we know everybody out there wants to. Uh, they've had enough drinks, as we talked about Disney. So, credit piggybacking is a topic. Something I've heard kind of the fringe about over the years. Never done it myself, but essentially, credit piggybacking is where you add a somebody to your credit, and by being an authorized user, it helps boost their kind of credit portfolio. And there are companies out there that will pay you to do this. Um, I don't believe that the banks sanction this or think it's a good idea. Uh, there's some pitfalls, but Ryan wrote an article on the website. So I guess I'll start by asking you guys, have you either of you done this? I guess I don't know if you want to would admit it if you did, but have you done it? Or, do you know, like people who have done it really closely and kind of familiar with it? No. I mean, I guess I've done it like indirectly. I wrote a post about it where like I'll add a friend. There's a friend that gives me his social security number, he feels comfortable with that. We've been friends. He's like my best friend. We've been friends forever. So I'll add him as an authorized user for all those authorized user bonuses. He He's one of those people that doesn't have a credit card or a debit card, but his credit score is like 790 because he's an authorized user on, on my account. So I give him like a kickback as far as like I'll book a, a trip for him or whatever using the points that we earn from these authorized user bonuses. But so I've done it that way, but I've never gone out and like random people for money type of thing. But I, I've always been interested in it and read it. So when Ryan pitched, I was kind of excited about it. Yeah, I, I was reading it through, Ryan. First of all, I did not know this existed, but I guess it makes sense, right? This reminds me of that, um, what, there's that service where you are like a mule, right? And when you fly internationally, you can like move stuff, which- uh, Yeah, like sounds, watches and stuff or, or random stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds, sounds equally questionable to me. Yeah, so I guess it makes sense that this system exists, but yeah, I would not feel comfortable doing this at all. And then after reading Ryan's article and all the troubles he ran into with like Capital One restricting his account and then like having problems with creditors, stuff like that, like he said he made a thousand dollars from his couch, but like this kind of stress is not worth a thousand dollars for me. I can barely handle the stress of having my own accounts. So yeah, this is not for me, um, but you know, it's a cool story to read at least. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's for me either. I just feel like our credit is so important to what we do and like to risk that, to, to run into the issues. And then the the other issue he had, Joe, was that, you know, he had creditors calling him for the people that he added because he got associated with their credit through that. It didn't affect his score, but then he got calls, letters in the mail, people seeking these, the people that he had added. And it makes sense that people with bad credit would be the ones paying to get added to somebody's credit portfolio. So, yeah. So that's like what it's like um, you have bad credit, Sean. I add you to my card and the creditors who you owe money to like have associated us. And then they're calling me now to be like, Hey, can you uh, help help us out with Sean's money? Like, even though you don't owe money on the account that we're on together. Yeah. That's what seems to be happening. That's what he said. And that sort of makes sense. Uh, just sort of what I know of uh, bill collectors and stuff like that. They'll call, you know, your mom and your cousins and whoever they can get a hold of to, uh, to get a hold of you. So, yeah, I guess that it's, on your credit reports, you're being linked in some way and they're able to get that information. And he did say that they were contacting him by phone and, and mail as well. 
And uh, yeah, that's no good. Yeah, I agree with you. X on that. I already get too much spam for Raymond, who apparently used to have my number like 15 years ago, some like 60-year-old guy. Uh, I don't need any more spam <laughs> for random creditors. I get texts, seven texts a week to Raymond. I still get mail. I've been in this house for 10 years, and I still get mailed from previous uh, people that lived here. It's it's bizarre, but... Ditto. Oh. And I think that the woman who used to live here, who seemed like the nicest 70-year-old lady I ever met, like had a lot of legal issues, because I get like legal stuff for her. It's very what? weird. One time I did get like a box of chocolates from somebody and uh, for, for the person that used to live here and we did eat them. I mean, one other thing to consider. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I just, I'm just going to, I was trying to move on from that. And then it just hit me like, it hit me like a, oh man. Okay. Well, lady. We're on, okay. While we're on random mail, like when we came home from the Poconos, we had this envelope that was addressed to my daughter. Her name was spelled wrong. And inside it was like a 3d puzzle. And then I found out, that my sister-in-law's kid got one too, but we can't figure out who sent this to us. Like, we're not sure if like China sending like, you know, spyware into us and stuff. They're so advanced that it's a wooden puzzle, but it's electronic spyware. Anyway, I was like, I was like, I was like, just throw that in the trash. Let's burn oh it. Let's burn it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Throwing it in the trash isn't enough, Joe, because it's still <laughs> yeah, transmit. You have to get it into like a Faraday cage or something and yeah, and like a bomb squad, put it in there and blow it up. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just uh, not for me. And I also think like the amount that they sell our data. You know, I don't want to get linked to people with bad credit. Who knows how that affects my data profile with bunches of companies? I just feel like there's a lot of pitfalls. And I you know I know he said a thousand dollars. Some people have said they made a few thousand dollars over the years doing it, but it doesn't seem like that's enough to sort of risk my credit in any way. Personally, do you disagree, Mark? At all? No, no. What's uh, what's like the craziest thing you guys have done for miles and points? Or for money through credit, anything started a reselling business. <laughs> Did you do that for miles and points? Really, though? Yeah, I mean, I'd already been. I had been doing it for probably ten years, like on yeah. and off. If I would find a good deal, but yeah, in the early days, it was like those iPad deals from Staples where I could price match and you know do all yeah. that. And then I was just like, yeah, I might as well. PDX deals guy started doing it a lot more, and then I saw him and I got a lot of FOMO, and I'm like, well, why am I not doing this? I'm, you I'm already buying so all these deals. weird of how you. Uh, Oh, I got uh, I got eight of those. Oh, well, I better go get nine. <laughs> no, it's not the two of us. It's if he gets eight, I have to get nine. That's just yeah. how it works. <laughs> Although these days, I I I usually have more of a a gut, more of a stomach for like higher quantities, more risk. Yeah, than he does so I tend to get more than he does. But Joe, you ever done anything cr- kind of crazy? Not really. I think the craziest I thing i did resulted in my uh american advantage account being suspended so uh let's move on <laughs> i think uh the, the one that i find interesting is like people when like a new resort's opening and, and i say this because like when baja mar was first opening we booked a like two night stay there and then we we're going to move to hilton for a couple nights and of course that got delayed by like a year or something like that so originally since we were like within the first week or so of opening hyatt called us and said oh, so sorry about this we're gonna give you forty thousand points as an apology and you know, we'll pay any cancellation fees for your flights. And I was like, Hey, thanks for the points. You know, I'll just book at Hilton for four days instead of two and two. So I do know there's some people that anytime a new property's opening, they book it for the opening weekend, hoping for a delay and some sort of compensation similar to like booking a flight that, you know, is oversold and hoping that you get bumped or, you know, or, or likely to get canceled type of thing. So I always find that interesting. It's it's something I always wanted to do. Like anytime a big resort's opening, I should just book first weekend and cancel a couple of days before if if I can't make it. But and 
hope for a delay, I guess. Yeah, I know people who do that as well. Same thing. And they you know, book any new hotel that comes. Certain brands are more reliable to pay out than others uh, from what I've heard, but it's not something I've done too often. I have been booked for openings of hotels that I wanted to go to, but I've never had any of those hotels be delayed. And some of those I've had to cancel. So let's move on then to, to something that I know a lot of people are interested in. And we talk so much about ways to earn miles and crazy things that we do. One of the craziest things that we do is we buy stuff and then we sell them to like an independent third party, a buyer's club, or if it's gift cards, we sell it to, you know, gift card buyer's clubs. And then we just hope that they pay us the money. Uh, or at least, you know, hopefully over time we we are established with better businesses. But there was a, a person called the Plastic Merchant or a company, really wasn't a company though, it was a person uh, named Michael Dean, who essentially was one of the biggest buyer's clubs for gift cards, amassed uh, a lot of customers who he bought from over the years, gained a lot of trust, and then he went insolvent and a lot of people lost money. And this week, the bankruptcy was discharged. So all those people actually lost their money. They, he doesn't owe them anything anymore. Did Which I find absolutely crazy. Like, how can anything get completely discharged? You, even if it's a fraction of what they owe, like, and it's paid over 10 years, it's such a messed up system. But that's a different discussion, I guess. America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were rumors, and these are just rumors, so I don't know what's true and what's not true. There was some you know, financial issues that he knew about, and he, had, he kept buying cards and used those uh, to kind of pay off other debts and things like that, uh, which is unfortunate. But, of course, we know that law enforcement did look into it. They didn't see that he did anything criminal, so I don't know anything other than they said he didn't do anything criminal, so that is what it is. And it got discharged, but it's a good topic to talk about because people should really understand. And we've talked about this before, but how to protect yourself, because I feel like a lot of new people in the hobby find out about these cool things like, oh, I can buy a gift card and sell it to somebody else and break even, but keep my rewards or something along those lines. And then they put way too much risk out there or more than they are willing to kind of lose. And we saw people with the uh, plastic merchant case. What was the most that they lost? Like 20,000? A- no, it was like 90,000. 90,000. Oh my God. So yeah. yeah. Which that, that, I mean, most people listening to this, if you get hit with a $90,000 loss, you're pretty much like going to probably file bankruptcy at the same time because who has $90,000 in reserve and cash that they're willing to just fork over for something like this. So yeah, I never go more than I'm, uh, I can afford to lose. That's just the way it is. The thing is people get caught up in this, like they start small. You start with like a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there. Then you, you gradually build it up to 2000 or you buy, you know, you were buying three iPads to resell. Now you're buying 10 or 12. Um, and it just feels natural to to progress to where you're in the twenty to thirty thousand dollar range per deal, and there's so much risk involved with that. Like if if you look at all these people who say, "Can you afford to lose twenty thousand dollars?" No. Well, is it worth that eighty thousand points? Is it really? You know, most of these things are break even or maybe even at like a small loss, and you're banking the points, and that's kind of the offset. You're basically purchasing points for at, at a zero cost or like less than a penny a piece. And it's like they get to the point where like you have millions of miles and you're still doing it like you're almost addicted to it. You're addicted to the earning. And at one point, do you have to step back and say, you know, why am I still doing this? How many how many points do I actually need? Like, is this worth it? So you get caught into that trap, that natural progression that you always think it's going to be the same. It's always going to work the same. It's always going to be good. And that that's rarely the case. You're trusting somebody you've never met with thousands and thousands of dollars. If some guy in the street said, hey, give me. 
you know, five thousand dollars in gift cards and I'll give you forty nine hundred dollars back in a couple of days, you'd be like, no. But some guy you never met on the internet, you'll do. I mean, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, yeah, as we talked about on the show before, like I almost lost money to him. I sold him cards occasionally so I could write about it, so I could, you know, talk about the experience to others. And I had over Mother's Day weekend bought like thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, Bath and Body Works cards. So I decided to sell him a thousand just to see because I hadn't sold to him in about a year. And unfortunately, like I sold him to him, and then the next day, like is when he disappeared and stopped paying people. But I got word of it luckily, and I was able to take the cards back before they were processed, before anything happened, and basically go to Bath and Body Works and buy uh, other gift cards with those gift cards. They allowed us to do that. So we could essentially change the numbers and then do that. But so, yeah, I, I know a lot of people who are personally affected. And I don't think that a lot of people in this hobby really contemplated the losses until it was too late. And thankfully, I think most people were like less than a thousand dollars. But yeah, I mean, there were definitely there was that one person at 90. And then I remember there was other people with significant losses as well. It's extra crazy because he had bounced checks like twice in the past. So, and I know they were spread out by like six months or whatever, but as soon as you get that first one, red flags need to go up. So if there's any a payment issue, a payment delay to anybody you're selling or like a return, uh, not sufficient funds, something like that, no matter what the reason is that it, like cut down whatever you're doing, because it's likely whatever they're saying is not exactly what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit every single nail on the head, Mark. You know, so not much to add except for. (laughs) Why are we even here, Joe? Why are we even here? Uh, Uh, I love that we get the eye roll from Joe now. It should just be a. (laughs) You should see how big it is when you don't see me on video. But uh, (laughs) he throws his he throws his headphones down and walks out of the room. Yeah, yeah. When when you're not video, I'm just like. But anyway. What the only thing that I was going to say besides everything that you had said was exactly what you said. You covered everything. If the the moment now that I see one red flag, I'm out of any particular buyer's club. And so right now there's a certain buyer's club that has been having issues um, during the pandemic. So, you know, I'm done working with them uh, until they prove for actually, no, I think I'm just done working with them. So, you know, if you are in groups like, uh, you know, either MTM reselling group or there are obviously private discords and slacks and stuff that are out there. I generally feel most comfortable working with people that I know in the sense that like I've interacted with them regularly uh, in whatever group that I'm in. For example, Sean, I would be comfortable if he was like, Hey, your local target has this stuff, except for my local target, very bad mask usage. So I'm not going back there, but uh, outside of pandemic, you know, if he was like, oh, grab this stuff and then send it to this address, people that I know uh, on the internet, I'd be much more comfortable with than, you know, these random buyers clubs. Not to say I know when Black Friday and I think Amazon Day or Prime Day is going to be in October, you know, when those come around, I probably still will work with the buyers clubs. But like I said, one red flag and, you know, kind of just got to move on. It's just like heat. I've, we've had this conversation on this podcast before because I think Mark's about to say, I love that movie. Yeah, that is a great movie. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think we, we can't. If you haven't watched it, watch it. This exact epic, conversation epic, happened. Like, <laughs> this, ex, this exact conversation happened like twenty five episodes ago. But anyway, sorry, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, we're coming up on one year, aren't we? What episode yeah. is this? Like forty nine, forty eight. You better send us some paper, Sean. It's forty eight. <laughs> yeah, I better have a big plaque that I can put next to. Like, I'll replace the Portland Trailblazers one because I don't really care about that one. What's up, PDX? <laughs> 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna make one, and then you'll have to put it up instead of the Portland Trailblazers. I think that that's fair. The last thing I'll add to this is that exactly what you said, Joe. If there's a red flag, pull out, and you're gonna find ways to justify to yourself why that red flag happened. I know a lot of people did that with the plastic merchant. Well, he said that it was just a temporary problem. I have never had issues with him in the past. But the problem with that is that once you do have issues, you know, like like in this case with the people who lost all their money, you know, it's too late. So just be super uh, diligent about that. And businesses go out of business all the time. And so just so somebody just because it's been good in the past doesn't mean that it's going to continue to be good. So look for those signs and it's your money. So safeguard it. Safeguard it. Let's uh, close the show out with a few rapifiers. Let people know what to expect with American Express. Uh, American Express, they have the ability to do an account manager for if you have like a player two that's not into stuff or doesn't want to make phone calls. That's the worst thing. Whenever I'm like, hey, Kirsten, can you make this phone call for me? This is what I get. So if you deal with that, then uh, American Express will let you set up an account manager online where you can make phone calls for them for certain stuff. I know there's some stuff that that you can't possibly like. I think retention offers are blocked, so that might be a problem. I'm not sure. That's what somebody commented. There's a post on it. shows you step-by-step how to get into it. Set it up. You can set it up for one card, multiple cards. You could just wait till you need to use it to do it. But that's a nice perk versus uh, the other option was like to do, I would always do like Amex chat for her cards um, and pretend to be her, which, okay. Otherwise, you're just like, hey, do let's do a, a speakerphone call. And I'll just listen and tell you what to say that that doesn't work. So this is, this is a good way to do it. Then you don't have to involve them at all. And next up is Joe. My rapid fire is that I realized that my wife's passport expired during the pandemic. And so because of that, I had to go check to see, you know, what's the deal with passport centers right now and stuff like that. As long as you're not in an emergency, the renew by mail is back open. So I guess my PSA is number one, check your passports because you probably haven't looked at it in a while. Um, And then number two, you know, if you have to get it renewed, you know, you might as well get it renewed now since you're not going to, you know, normally I don't like to renew by mail uh, or I just, I'm always nervous when I'm renewing because it's going to take like forever for it to come, but I'm not going anywhere for forever. So, you know, it's fine, even though, you know, I think things are delayed. So that's my quick rapid fire. Do you have a, you have a passport agency that you can go to? Uh, We could go to New York if we like we're in a pinch, but you know, I'm just going to mail it in. Yeah. Yeah, I always mail mine because I don't have any options. I think Chicago yeah. is the closest one, but yeah. So Chicago, we don't have one in mail. Detroit. I don't think so. I never really look. Plus, I'm lazy, so mailing just works for me. Yeah, it's really <laughs> annoying to go in. Yeah. So. All right, what about I you, think, Sean? Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think you have to have like travel coming up in a short period of time in able in order to be able to go in anyway. So it's not yeah, really and then not no, if you're in an emergency, like not even all the normal agencies are open right now. So you have to look to see if you're like an emergency, what do you got to do? So, or where you got to go. All right. Yep. What about if your you? Want, Joe's if you rapid want fire, Google it. If you need info. Think about whether you need to renew your passport or not. Okay. It's a PSA. And if you want to know what a same day passport experience is like, obviously it may be a little different now, but we do have an article on the site because my wife, flew all the way to Florida with me. And I take responsibility for not knowing this either, but we got all the way to to Miami and we were going to go to the Bahamas. And I realized that her passport was expired. I missed the days where you go to Bahamas with just a birth certificate. Oh, dang. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we had to go same day. That was quite the stressful experience, but check that out. But my rapid fire is our YouTube channel and specifically Las Vegas videos. I know a lot of people are interested in what Las Vegas is is like right now. So I filmed some tour videos walking around some of the Vegas casinos. 
And those were filmed about a little over a week ago. I have new videos coming. We also have uh, Bahamar Groom Tours, and we're going to have a lot more video content on the site. So subscribe if you're interested, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. But specifically, check out the Vegas videos if you're interested to see what is going on here and what the casinos are like. If you're thinking about visiting or you're just curious about. Before they shut it down again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of worry here. There's a lot of worry here about that. And um, we know that Palazzo is shutting down their hotel tower midweek. There's very few people here midweek. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully not. I don't I hope the casinos don't because it would be really bad for a lot of people. But it's still fascinating here to see what they're like because it's so different. And I feel like it's a moment in time. We're going to get past this at some point. And then this sort of era will be gone. So I'm fine. I'm kind of excited to document it a little bit and film it. Did you have a trip booked in the fall too, Joe, for Vegas? No, I didn't. I, I had one. Remember, remember I had one the week before yours was going to be yeah. uh, in March. But yeah, I, I didn't know. because I had to rebook mine for October because, of course, I booked the one time I booked Frontier is when a pandemic hits <laughs> and they gave me like 60 days to use it. And I could only book out like six months. So I'm like, OK, Guys, I guess we're just going to book October and hope for the best. So that's not looking likely. So yeah, just just uh, I, I uh, gave money to Frontier instead of TPM. Maybe you. Uh, well, at least it didn't cost ninety thousand dollars. Maybe that's you. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Know, maybe if you can change it again, maybe you go midweek. I, I, I like. Yeah, they they only allowed one change. Frontier has been like the worst with everything. So restrictive and only one change. So even if like Vegas did shut down again. I don't even think they'd give me my money back because of that. So who knows? All right. And uh, I guess that will do it for this week. Joe, uh, when people aren't watching or listening this podcast, where can they find you? You can find me at tinyletter.com slash as Joe flies. That's my newsletter. You can find me podcasting about miles and points, save observation deck.com. Got a random guest coming up in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. What's and then brand, what's brand, I mean, uh, she's a food blogger and a personal friend. Um, okay. and so then, uh, but she travels a lot and she lives in Hong Kong. And then, uh, finally, so she definitely put soy sauce on her rice, right? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Finish it up, Joe. Ding. Uh, I had a lot. We don't have that. any time for ourselves now, uh, Mark, because he took up all the time we had allotted for this segment. I mean, I didn't take it up. Mark interrupted me, just to be clear. But uh, And then you can uh, check out my Disney stuff, DisneyDecipher.com. Mark? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, McCosty1038. Uh, email me, Mark, at MilesToMemories.com. Just comment on any of the uh, articles. I'll get back to you there. If you're watching the video, the graphic, look at Sean with his graphic skills down here. <laughs> or... Uh, Join our Facebook groups. I'm in there all the time. So that's a good uh, good spot to get questions answered um, and interaction, everything like that, meetups, stuff. So how about you, Sean? I am uh, at Best Disney Hacks on Twitter. I just want to say that uh, Joe is going to steal the reins of producing this show for me for video. So uh, this is the only time I actually get to play with it since he, I've already, I think, driven him crazy uh, this entire show with the way I did it. So he said he's going he's gonna to take the reins from me. But at Best Disney Hacks on Twitter, uh, the Disney Hacks podcast, DisneyHacks.com, and then all the YouTube content, YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Smash the like button if you like our videos there. Subscribe to the channel. And then Miles to Memories.com. Don't just push it. Smash it. Yes, yeah, smash it. That's a that's a, a legitimate thing that you can do. It matters. Yeah, you take your, your mouse and you smash. And uh, Miles to Memories.com for 50 plus articles per week. And then for this fine show, MTMPodcast.com. 
to subscribe, everything you need. Thanks so much for listening and watching if you see the video. See you next time. Bye. But so we know hey, one one uh one thing sean gotta yeah. look at the camera man but like yeah, yeah i got you okay no, i got you <laughs> you're still looking down though <laughs> yeah well i'm looking at you okay well, i'm not going to look at the camera the entire time mark when somebody else is talking i was done talking so understand okay. i'm not looking at the camera the entire time you you don't ever watch these things do you most people don't look at the camera the entire time in fact you're when you think you're looking at the camera you're looking at your screen below the camera Time out. Why does Sean have a oh my low, God. Battery? low battery? Oh, he does. Because I'm using an SLR. Oh, my God. That's not going to let. Uh, all right. I might have to switch cameras then, which is going to look super <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <sighs> I was thing. testing this. Good well, Yeah, this was a live stream. That would hilarious. This is a hot mess. No, I do have another. Uh, battery, but no, you're frozen, dog. Right I am. All right, yeah, yeah, hold on. All right, you look like you're about so, to kiss your mic. I wonder if we're still hearing him in Squadcast or Streamyard. Which one is? Oh yeah, we went. Oh, boom! I'm back. All right, now you're delayed. Now you're lagged. Joe is so hot. Do you see his forehead is glistening right now? If you leave that in, Sean, I swear to you, I will never do this video <laughs> thing ever again. <laughs> Put I'll leave it in. on those windows. Man. I, well, so, so I'm going to tell you I'll that I, I don't, I'll leave this in as an audio outtake, but <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta have a teaser, Joe. <laughs> People got to know what, what to expect <laughs> in the episode the opening of the YouTube. We, Joe, yeah. your forehead's glistening. <laughs> and then the entire show, everybody will be staring at Joe's video. Look at the forehead slowly Joe. gets more sweat on it over time. Let's zoom it Joe. in. <laughs> Joe, are you pregnant? You have the glow. <laughs> the soul glow do you know what that's from the soul glow you know what movie joe no. uh coming to america oh yeah <laughs> i believe the children are the future okay, okay. dentist dentist right oh that's such a good movie if this is an outtakes watch that even my wife liked it she she never likes the comedies i liked and she thought it was hilarious